Welcome back to Dads on the Air, coming to around Australia on the Community Radio Network. In this program, we bring you informing and entertaining conversations with a wide range of interesting people on topics of fatherhood, family and parenting, men's and boys' issues, and more. Hi, I'm Bill Cable, and our special guest today is Volly Kay. Volly is a soul-infused singer, songwriter, performer, recently seen as the star performer in the TV show The Voice. His music and lyrics are motivated by love, connecting and inspiring others to overcome adversity and embrace being a force for good. He is now connected through music and audience and the environment, which he adds up to family. This is a full-time mission to make people happy. His debut single, If I Could, was independently released in May and had nearly 30,000 live streams on Spotify in its first month. Volley, welcome to Dads on the Air. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. I appreciate you. Oh, it's it's an absolute pleasure. So, Volley, as a, a Fijian, being a singer is not that unusual, but having white skin is. I'm just wondering, did you notice one before the other? <laughs> yeah, good question. I think I think as uh, an al- albino Fijian, it definitely is um, moments when you're like, oh, okay, I'm actually I've actually got white skin, and everyone else has got black skin. And then I think it was that moment a little bit later on when I realised, okay. Music is, is definitely something that I love to do. I think that they came about a little bit later when in my adolescence. Yeah, so uh, what, was it about 14? And how did you happen to notice that you could sing? I, I was part of a choir that we were doing a Christmas spectacular for a, for a sort of like a nursing home. And I was on drums at the time. And the, the main singer wasn't there for sound check. And they were like, okay, we need to go through the song, but he's not here. And then someone said, one of my cousins or something like that, said, oh, I heard Volley sing it in the bathroom. I think you can do it. <laughs> anyway, and, and they called me and they said, okay, Volley, get, um, get a microphone next to his drums. Let's do it. So I was, I was on drums and vocals and did, did the sound check, and that was it. From there mm-hmm. on in, that was, I was always like going to be a singer. At the same time, and I've never, you know, never shy away from being a drummer as well. So I, still today, I, I play drums and, and sing. That's a good combination. Going back to being uh, an indigenous um, albino in Fiji, initially you didn't really accept it, did you? I think you used to pray that you'd wake up white. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it, as as I'm quite aware that we all have our differences and, and difficulties at life, but mine mine was a little bit more, I guess, a little bit more raw or a little bit more maybe harsh because my, my immediate family were predominantly all black. And so growing up in a predominantly um, black society, family, there was always that moment where I was being either outcast or, you know, even just uh, humiliated and um, almost, you know, be somewhat alienated by just because of my color, my skin, my differences. And being Fiji and being, I mean, it's, it's, it's a place I call home still. But there's, you know, it's quite they're quite ignorant. The resources and education around albinism is definitely not something that easy to get a hold of. Information. So therefore, things that people don't know are uneducated about. Therefore, they will always find ways to make a difference between them and, and the majority. And unfortunately, the age, as you said, Bill, thanks to 
thank you for mentioning it, the age of um, age of 13, no, I think even earlier, maybe at the age of 10, 10 to age of 10 and so forth, I used to pray. I used to, because I got bullied, bullied a lot growing up, I used to go, to go to sleep praying that somehow God miraculously would change the color of my skin just so I can stop the pain of... Um, fighting every single day with people based because they were teasing me based on my my skin color or things of that nature or telling me that my mum and dad are black so they thought I you know teasing me that I was adopted and so forth and this and this sort of trauma was also you know was brought on by my even my immediate family it wasn't just you know it wasn't just the public it was also within my family it was quite sad because despite the fact that they may think it was funny it really made an impact in my life, which I can hand on heart say that because of that, I feel like I've got to where I, where I am. It's helped me to get to where I am because I think at the end of the day, as I mentioned before, we all we all have our difficulties, we all have our issues, we all have our problems. But the importance, the importance that I've learned is that it's how you respond to it. We, we all have issues, yes, but it's how you respond that is key. And the way I feel like I've responded to it has definitely helped me to where I am today. Were there any other instances of uh, albinism in your family? Yeah, so um, my family and I, we did, we did this, uh, uh, we went to the specialist, we, went, arrived, we arrived here in Sydney in um, 1987. We got rushed to the Prince of Wales Hospital to do all these major tests. And obviously within my immediate family, my sister has also got um, albinism. So out of the whole family, there's just me and my sister that has albinism, and we were still trying to understand how do we how do we get it, trying to understand the X and the Y chromosomes. After doing the research, a little bit of research, they understood that there was no in the last five generations previous to my parents. They they don't recall any, they don't have any search of uh, traces of albinism. So it was quite a rare, uh, it's quite a rare incident within my family. But then to have two of us, that was even more rare. And now that my um, my sister gave birth 15 years ago to a, another beautiful half African, half Fijian albino kid by the name of Dao. Um, so even I mean we do we do understand that within the albinism community, or I should say genetics, that the females carry the albinism a lot stronger than the males. Um, so if I was to have kids, my kids, if I was to have kids, I would be carrying a lot more of the black. So did you find it easier having your sister with the condition as well rather than being completely on your own? Yes, Bill, to some degree I did. But the problem with that scenario was that despite my sister being the eldest, she didn't know how to... Her self-awareness and her self-esteem, self-love is, is a constant battle that she is... She is a constant raging battle every day from being in primary school, what I remember when I, when I used to fight her fights, to being in adult life now. So she still battles with that, and I'm very grateful that I have her, and I'm grateful that she has me. And it's just something that, uh, you know, if, if you were to take the exterior out, again, you know, we all go through our problems, but it's just, I'm, I'm willing to be there for her as much as I possibly can, because I think no one deserves to be alone in this world, fighting whatever, whether you've got mental illness, whether you've got uh, physical uh, disability, um, anything of that nature, any 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 sort of boundaries that we've put on ourselves, that we have, that we have, I think none of we should never be alone, and we should always be open to talk and and talk it through because I believe talking does absolutely wonders for the soul, for the heart.
heart for the mind and for the people that love you. Now we're speaking with Volley Kay. Volley Kay, you just mentioned the uh, perhaps the ignorance and the lack of resources in Fiji. There's another problem there, isn't there, with the uh, hierarchical system and uh, religion being a, a force that perhaps sensible measures like wearing a hat you weren't allowed to do. That's actually quite right. Yeah, you're quite right, Bill. So wearing wearing hats is definitely because Fijian Fijian being a Christian nation, somewhat Christian nation, um, it was definitely a lot more dominant there. Uh, the, the religion of Christianity. Right now, I think we're sitting at 49% of um, the of Fiji being Indian, so therefore Hindu. But when we were when we were living in Fiji, it was definitely a common thing to that you wouldn't, weren't allowed to wear any hats in a building or any hats at most places because the the hat, sorry, the head was somewhat sacred in our in our culture and tradition. That in itself was a little bit more, I guess, difficult for us because we needed the cover, coverage from the sun, and and it was because the Fijian sun being so harsh, it definitely had an effect on our skin. Yeah, well, look, a lot of people don't know much about albinism. Perhaps they, they might have seen someone in the street with uh, unusu- unusually white skin. What yeah. actually is albinism? Albinism is it's when the X and the Y chromosomes, the X and the Y chromosome, when they don't, they're sort of like, uh, they're not equally spread in the in regards to the, like your, your actual skin cut, sort of like when it comes down to your DNA and so forth. We all have this thing called pigmentation, which is the colour of your skin. So, if you're if you're of darker complexion, therefore you have more pigment to your to your skin. Albinism is is in the most simplest form is is the absence of pigment. Therefore, uh, if anyone was to if a blind person was to touch me, they they would feel that I I am still physically quite big, as most Fijians are. I still have the Fijian flat nose, I, I still have the Fijian big lips, and I still have the Fijian afro hair and so forth. So the only thing that is missing is just the colour of my skin. So therefore that's, that's, I guess, the most simplest way to define albinism. It's, it's the lack of pigmentation, the lack of skin colour. And that uh, that makes you more exposed to things like skin cancer, but does it also affect your eyes? It definitely does. So within albinism, there's different rarities of a degree of of, uh, of the condition. So you've got uh, some um, al- al- albinos that would have pink eyes. For people that have seen other al- um, albinos that have red, pinkish eyes, they they we're, we're all classed um, somewhat legally blind. We're all classed somewhat legally blind, and at all different degrees. So you have some that uh, you have some albinos that um, with the red eyes, therefore they can't see anything at all. And their skin colour is almost the same as the colour of the A4 paper. And then you have, and then it starts from there, and then it goes further up. And there is albinos in different nationalities. I've met some with a Lebanese background, um, Chinese background, African background, Australian background, New Zealand background. So they're all, it definitely happens in, in I think albinism doesn't discriminate in whichever nationality, but it's, it's, uh, it's quite, I guess, common within a non-common community. It's something that, it, 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 again, it goes to a different degree with your level of eyesight. Um, I personally fit just above average of the, uh, of the I guess if, if we were to put an, an albino scale up, I would sit up just a little bit above average, meaning that I can see a little bit better than most within my family at least. I've got another family from New Zealand who, um, who are also Fijians, who live in New Zealand, and they actually have four albinos and 
one non um, Fijian albino, and it was that we're not really related. We're just we're from the Fiji together, so therefore we just call, call each other. And, and they have really poor eyesight. And we're speaking today with Volley K, the uh, well-known Fijian singer. And uh, Volley, we always ask our guests if they'd like to pick a song about this part of the show. Um, I think I might be able to guess which song you'd pick. But would you like to tell us which song and why you and a bit, perhaps a bit of background of the song? released in May. Uh, it's called If I Could. It's a song that I wrote with a few friends of mine um, in the studio. Basically, the song is about finding that special person that's walked into your life, or that special thing that's walked into your life, and being able to take it with you wherever you go, and being able to tell them or treat them like they mean a lot to you. And I, for me, I, this is uh, a good, I guess for me, was the best song I've, I've I felt it was the right one to release, and I hope everyone enjoys it, and I hope we can all listen to it whenever you want to on all streaming platforms, from Spotify to iTunes, even to SoundCloud and YouTube. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks, Bill. Philosophy, I think I relate. Love can throw you bricks, but it's a house that will make. Need to understand, and it's the heart you can face. Make a call, and I'll be on my way. That's why I gotta tell you, you don't have to hide in the shade. You bring the light to my day. I feel the warmth in your rest. River runs deep on my side. If I Could, uh, which was chosen for us and also sung by our special guest today, Volley Kay. Volley, uh, 
we were just uh, talking about your your life in Fiji. Now, you mentioned you moved to Australia, I think, in 1987. Why did you come to Australia? I mean, it's a land of uh, of white people, I suppose, but um, was there some reason why you picked uh, Australia? Yeah, no, Australia was basically the, the closest thing to Fiji that allowed us to come come over and um, try and find, to settle in Australia, to then uh, a land of opportunities and also... We were hoping that it was a land of of, uh, of education in regards to albinism, and that because I mean, if we all just uh, took some time to think about the, the position that my parents were in, were in, his uh, two native Fijians gave birth to two albinos as a first child. They were quite shocked themselves, but also their family and the neighbouring friends and family were also quite you know, extremely shocked. Therefore, they were almost somewhat pushed outside this sort of area, which was, I guess, if we, if we were all to, to think about that situation, they had to do something. And I think moving to Australia was the best thing. And I can't thank them enough for giving us this opportunity to, the land of opportunities for us was definitely Australia. So you arrived here, you were probably only about three or four years old, I suppose, at the time. Yeah, that's that, that's correct, I was four. And you mentioned before that your condition is probably middle ranking, it's certainly not the extreme yep. end of it, but that didn't stop you from being bullied at school, did it? No, because, you know, coming to Australia, I, I did think that bullying and understanding and all that, I felt that bullying wouldn't exist here in the sense of me being different, but clearly... I was wrong because I think, as you all know, as kids, as children, we could, we are quite, and children are quite harsh and mean, and <laughs> you know, in the most, in the most innocent way possible. And I, I saw myself in recess, and when it was time for recess and lunch, a lot of the time I was in, the, in detention because I, I was defending myself physically, beating up anyone that wanted to try and bully me by calling me names and so forth. So it's something that I, I definitely have learned a lot from and something that I definitely don't condone is, is definitely not to be physical, not to be um, not to be trying and, and fight anybody physically because it's just not the way. The only way out of it is to, is to talk about your feelings and talk to somebody and share how you feel and, and work through those feelings. So did the bullying mainly take the form of perhaps, I don't know, calling you names from a distance, sort of cowardly attacks, or how did uh, how did you they bully you? Um, a, a lot of the times it's always in groups. You know, at one time, I think it was my first day in, in year seven. Uh, that was one of the things I sort of remembered quite well. First day in year seven, I walked through the playground. It was my first day. I didn't know what was what, which way was which way was the entry or the exit or which way was the rooms. I walked into the playground and I accidentally walked through someone's handball game. They were just standing around but weren't playing, so I walked straight through it. And then one of the guys from me, 10 at the time, said to me, get out of my, get out of, get out of that handball court, you white nigger. Mm. And then I just kicked him to the head and uh, broke his nose and didn't go to school for the next... I think it was two months. I, I I remember that really well because it was something that I, I regret doing. But at the same time, it's something that I sort of learned. Okay, that's not the answer to, to anyone that talk, calls you that. The name itself was quite weird. Two words like that didn't even meet. That weren't even meant to be together. You know, white and also nigger. And and that word is just such a 
reacted badly in the sense that you did a bit of bullying yourself after that yeah it's, it, it was it was definitely um it was definitely like either being hunted or be the hunter that was my mentality and it was it was a very barbaric mentality one that i definitely don't condone and one i don't really would ever want to do ever again and it's just something that i i don't stand for and unfortunately i did see myself being the, being a bully because i felt i needed to change that this is paradigm and I wasn't, you know, being in high school was a little bit different because I had people that were a lot bigger than me in, in a higher grade and therefore I had to try and hold myself. And because I was quite um, physically bigger, I just thought the only way to do it was that if anyone was going to bully me, I'd bully them back and so forth. And, and take on, it was like almost this mentality of me against the world, which clearly didn't work out. That didn't last too long. I quickly realised that that doesn't re- resolve problems or resolve issues that needs to be worked through through conversations and communication. And did it affect your confidence when you became a public figure as a, an entertainer? Great question, Bill. Funny enough, I've never been asked that question. There was a there was a moment in my life at the age of 16 where I had a supernatural encounter. The supernatural encounter, what I mean by that, is that there was this moment where I found myself wanting, yearning, desiring to understand my identity. And then this, there was this moment when I had this supernatural encounter where this supernatural being came in almost through someone, through another speaker, told me about the way I was, why I was born and how I was made and my, and gave me my my identity and, and taught me where to look, into, where to find my identity. And then it was from that moment when I was 16, I, I embraced it and I was like, you know what, this is who I am. Gone, I'm out, gone, I'm letting go of my old ways of being a bully or of being classed as, you know, a victim or being, you know, all these sort of negative things that sort of built up from the first day of bullying to the age of 16. I just thought to myself, I'm giving this all up because I've found who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I want. And from that moment on, I gave it all up and I embraced my confidence within who who I am. And I think the two significant moments in your life is when you, the day you were born and the day to the re, to understanding the reason why you were born. And that set me up to where I am today. I can definitely say I'm a lot confident than, than ever based on knowing who I am. Not based on my ability, not based on anything else, but just knowing who I am and what I, and what I can provide or give to this world. Well, it, that's a great story. And uh, we mentioned before that you wrote your hit song, If I Could. I think you've written a lot of other songs, haven't you? I have. I have written a lot of songs. I'm really excited about it. Bill, in in September uh, and, and October, I'll be l- releasing some more music, original music. Um, I just can't wait to show the world what's been on my heart and on my mind. The songs vary from, uh, you know, beautiful ballads to nice, you know, ambience vibe type of songs to complete anthems of where you can actually sing this song to the mirror and tell yourself that, you know, that no one can steal your joy from you. And it's just, uh, I believe it's a, I'm doing exactly what I was meant to do. And I, people like you, Bill, that give me the opportunity to talk to, uh, you know, countless of 
many others that who are also in the in the situation where you're like you know trying to find where your place is place in the world, and and it's okay not to know where it is at the moment. The quest is to always try and find it, and I'm I'm just really lucky to be have have this opportunity to talk on your platform, Bill, and um and to all the listeners out there, thank you so much. For those who have yet to listen to any of my music, please jump on board. Reach out to me, whoever needs wants to have a chat about anything that I speak of or anything that I represent. Please reach out to me. I'm more than um, happy to always respond to others because I think this this world needs more love, and I'm definitely a strong advocate for it. And I'm here to spread that love through music. And you can find Volley's music if you go to uh, all the platforms he mentioned earlier, uh, Spotify. Uh, YouTube, uh, any of these, they just put in Volley K and you'll get the songs where you can go to his That's right. his website. That's right. What's your website, Volley? Uh, my website is www.volleyk, which is V-O-L-I-K, music.com. And you'll be well rewarded. We've seemed to have run out of time talking with Volley. It's such a, a pleasure talking with Volley. But Pleasure's all mine, Bill. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your time. So how about we listen to a little bit more of Volley K's music? Sophia, think I relate. Love can throw you bricks, but it's a house that we make. Need to understand, and it's the heart you can face. Make a call, and I'll be on my way. That's why I gotta tell you, you don't have to hide in the shade. You bring the light to my day. I feel the warmth in your rest. River runs deep on my side. Tell me if I could Take you with me in my heart And I would I felt I should Tell you there's no way That you've been not wanted I can't find I've been sitting here Waiting patiently for your love your time with your heart and mind because all of you is enough. Lifted and floating, sunshine and roses. I'm in what's broken, no need to hold it. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to hide in the shade, bring the light to my day. I feel the warmth in your rest, river runs deep on my side. Tell me if I could. If anyone would like to listen to this show again or any of our shows, go to our website, dadsontheair.com.au, or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And we'd love to hear from any of our listeners. You can go to our website, mention there, uh, dadsontheair.com.au, send us an email, and we'll be in touch. And uh, it just remains for me now. Once again, Volley, thank you so much for being a guest on Dads on the Air. Bill, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, and all the best to everyone else out there, all the listeners on Dads on the Air. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week with another show on Dads on the Air. Yeah.